This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hey, y'all. Hi. Hello, Hello friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always ask Brittany how she's doing, but how y'all doing? How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's my Joey Tribbiani, my feeble attempt. I love it. <laughs> it works. I'm here for it. So how are you, boo-boo? Um, I sound like a human. You do. You sound so much better. It still ain't cute. Yeah, it's still cute. But it's human. It's it's almost back to normal. Almost. Getting there. That's about it. That's all I got. How so, you okay. doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gucci. <laughs> I'm Gucci, baby. <laughs> Y'all, when I first learned that word, I couldn't believe that was actually something that people said. That was the thing. I heard my friend Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Her daughter. uh, Her daughter said that to her one day. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. at the time, her daughter was probably only like 12. And she said something about the situation being Gucci. And I'm like, what is she talking about? (laughs) Yeah. And then me and Rachel started saying it just to annoy her daughter. Yep. And then it was like almost overnight. It's anytime infectious. I anytime I drank, I was telling people, "I'm Gucci I'm baby, Gucci. <laughs> I'm Gucci man." <laughs> if you ever hear me say, "I'm Gucci baby," I'm drunk. True, it's very real. true. Yeah, I I started hearing that from my oldest daughter as well. I don't know, maybe six years ago or so, and I was like, "What? We are what?" It was that and like fa instead of fire. Okay, I didn't I know, know that you, was a thing. Okay, it was. It's not anymore. I don't think. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, how hard is it to say fire instead of fi? Like, can can we add the extra syllables? <laughs> that sounds stupid. So, I'm, yeah, uh, I learned some new vocabulary. I'm in my 30s. I'm not hipping with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just give it time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's almost there. He does call, or he does call me bruh sometimes. But <laughs> that is because I have called him bruh. That's what I say. We both say that. I started that. Mm-hmm. And I've created a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to say it, but not as much as since I've met you. I think after our conversations and just hanging around you, like, I've started saying it more, too. So it's fun to say <laughs> bruh. <laughs> J- y'all just try it. Just try it. Instead of saying what the fuck. Bruh. Bruh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there's a couple minutes down the drain for you guys. Yeah. um, We're on episode 40. We are. We're 40 now. The big 4-0. Holy shit. Dum-dum-dum. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) We hit 40. Okay. We're inching closer to 50 and 100 and... Oh my god. We're we're getting there. And now I have anxiety. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's not what that was meant to do. But I'm glad you share that emotion with me. Yes. Great. That's where we are. So do you want to tell them what our episode forty is? Sure. Okay. The Cecil Hotel. Yes, bitch. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't heard this one, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Just um buckle up. Yeah, um, since 
the Cecil Hotel is quite a doozy. Yes. We decided it deserved its whole own episode instead of being grouped in with like haunted hotels or mm-hmm. something of mm-hmm. the sort. So here we are. Yeah. We're we're tag teaming it. Swing. Swing. <laughs> 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 Brittany's still gonna go first. <laughs> oh my god. I can't. <laughs> Uh, and since it is episode 40, I was researching popular drinks in California hotels. Okay. Mimosas okay. popped up everywhere. Yeah. And since we are celebrating the big four o, oh, Oh, okay. You get it? So I, get I was it. like, I'm with you. Bam. Bingo. Doing it. Here we is. Um, got some really cheap ass champagne or Sparkling wine. I'm not really sure what Andre is. I, I don't care. But I was trying to go as cheap as I could. So I got that and splashed a little orange juice in there because no mimosa is good if it's more than a splash. Yeah. That's just wrong. It's orange juice. Yeah. It turns into orange, like it, it's carbonated orange juice. Orange juice. Yeah. So that's gross. Um, and then I threw some raspberry puree in there. And it's Fancy delish. it up a little bit. Yeah. And that that might have some significance later. We'll we'll see. Oh my! Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah, they're delicious. They are delicious. Second one. (laughs) Oh yeah. Full disclosure. Okay. Well, we have smaller glasses this week. We have actual champagne flutes. Thank you, Brittany, because I couldn't find mine. I have um, a wide variety of drinkware in my house. She still didn't bring me a shot glass, but it's okay. It's, oh, God, I keep forgetting. It's kind me of too. a problem. The amount of drinkware in my house is kind of a problem. I have one, two, three cabinets of drinkware, and then the shot glasses are in a whole separate cabinet because there's she's, no room. She's well-equipped, and I'm proud that I have her as a friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm prepared for some situations. It's yeah. Fine. It's okay. I like you it. need a... Uh, Coffee, sweet tea, or <laughs> some sort of alcoholic beverage. I got you. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I had to text her. I was like, "Uh, I can't, I can't find them. Maybe anywhere." It's part of my southern hospitality thing. You, d- you are a fantastic hostess. I will Thank say you. that. Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, on point. Ten out of ten every time. Five stars. <laughs> Thanks. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, and thank you. Okay. Now what? Um, We've only done 40 of these. Like, I don't I don't know where we're at now. Go to Instagram and there Facebook. There you go. There it is. <laughs> so you can see all the stuff that we're talking about. Put faces to names and places to places. <laughs> wow. Faces to faces and places to places. There you go. We are professionals. 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 Yeah. I think we might be. I'm going, since we're 40 now, I'm going to say that we're professionals. Mm. We're doing the Cecil. I mean, come on. Does that give you professional status? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe? We'll see how it uh, turns out. How about that? You want to <laughs> you want to judge it off of that? <laughs> Let's see your reactions yeah. and then we'll decide. Okay. Let's take a poll. Are we professionals yet? I, I don't. It's to be determined. Always. TBA. Yeah. To be announced. I'm okay with that, too. All right. So, episode 40, Cecil Hotel. We've got our hump day treat in front of us. Mm-hmm. We know where to find pictures. Yes. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. So, my part of the case, 
is covering the history of the Cecil. Yeah, yeah. So, if you were a fan of macabre, terrifying stories in creepy places like we are, then you are probably already familiar with the Cecil Hotel nestled within the busy streets of downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. So, go to the pictures, and there is one simply labeled Cecil Hotel. Okay. Look at that one. Don't look at the other one. Okay, fine. This is the front of it when it was the Cecil Hotel. Does that say fuck? Let's say fuck it. I didn't even notice that. But that is perfect. I'm. No. Does it really? I'm quite happy with that discovery. <laughs> Why does it say fuck? Well, at this, at this point, it was abandoned. So. But it looks like it's very professionally done. Like. Ah. Nah, that's spray paint. Or is it tuck? Fuck? I don't know. I li- I'm going with fuck. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking surely not. So there we go. Cecil Hotel. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Considered one of the most haunted hotels in the world, the Cecil Hotel has been the location of so many horrible, dark, and bizarre deaths since its opening. Mm-hmm. Many believe that can't be a coincidence. The hotel must be a place of evil. At least 16 people are considered to have died in the hotel. Oh, wow. Among them, murder victims, suicides, and mysterious deaths. Unexplained paranormal events have taken place at the hotel, and it's even served as the temporary home of some of America's most notorious serial killers. I know one. Amanda is dancing. I know one. Oh, my goodness. Okay. The Cecil Hotel was built in 1924 by... Hotelier. Mm. That's such a fancy word. Yeah. William Banks Hanner. It was supposed to be a destination hotel for international businessmen and social elites. Hanner spent $1 million on the 700-room hotel, complete with marble lobby, stained glass windows, palm trees, and an opulent staircase. Yes. So, go to the pictures, and I have two pictures of the inside of the hotel. Look at the one that just says lobby. And that's like when you're walking in. That's the front desk, and it in is the front right there. So extravagant, bougie, so AF. grand. Bougie okay, bougie. AF. Yeah, it is bougie AF. Oh my gosh! If you look at the one that says lobby two, it's a different view, so you can see the front desk, but you can also see the staircase. Staircase, yes. This is what it looked like, and you can see all the stained glass and everything. Yeah. It is. It's gorgeous. It is absolutely fabulous. Yes. Hmm. And. In its prime. That's what it looked like. In its prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hanner would come to regret his investment. Just two years after the Cecil Hotel opened, the world was thrown into the Great Depression, and Los Angeles was not immune to the economic collapse. Yikes. Soon enough, the surrounding area of the Cecil Hotel would be dubbed Skid Row <laughs> and become home to thousands of homeless people. Yeah. The once beautiful hotel soon gained a reputation as a meeting place for junkies, runaways, and criminals. If you go to the picture that says Cecil Hotel 2, it's another view, a less charming view yeah. of the hotel. Yeah. You, um, after seeing the lobby and the front entrance and everything, you wouldn't think that this is what the, the rest same of place. it looks like. Yeah. That's the same place. It is odd. Mm-hmm. Worse yet, the Cecil Hotel ultimately earned a reputation for violence and death. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> Big time. In the 1930s alone, the Cecil Hotel was home to at least six reported suicides. 
A few residents ingested poison while others shot themselves, slit their own throats, or jumped out their bedroom windows. Mm. The first recorded suicide at the Cecil happened at a time when the Great Depression was truly ramping up. On November 19, 1931, a Manhattan Beach resident, W.K. Norton, was found by hotel staff in his room deceased. I actually found a picture of this dude. No. So go to the notes. It's at the bottom. It says W.K. Norton. Oh, my gosh. And there's a picture of him. Okay. Sup, ears? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, he could fly away I'm, with them. I'm not trying to hate on but anybody with ears, but... He's th- not a bad-looking fellow. No, he's not. Not at all. He kind of cute. Get it. I like it. <laughs> he had only been dead for a few hours by the time he was found. Oh, wow. In the investigation, police found capsules that were believed to be filled with poison in Norton's vest pocket. Oh, my gosh. Were they Tylenol? Ooh. <laughs> While Norton's is the first recorded suicide, it may not have been the first glimpse at what was to come at the Cecil. A woman named Dorothy Robertson was taken to the hospital after wandering the hotel for three days, having consumed barbiturates in an attempt to complete suicide due to the death of her husband. So that happened before Norton completed suicide. Oh, wow. Um, So before that happened, they found this woman. So she was like the first dose of it, and he was the first recorded suicide. She walked around around, around for three days? Yeah, before somebody was like, okay, Honey, <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> That's cute. In 1934, Army Sergeant Louis D. Borden slashed his throat with a razor. Oh, God. I couldn't find a picture of him, but I did find a newspaper clipping. It says uh, Borden Paper, I think is what it's named. Ooh. But uh, the headline says, Former Soldier Takes Own Life. So it's a little snippet of that newspaper article. Wow. Less than four years later, Roy Thompson of the Marine Corps jumped from atop the Cecil Hotel and was found on the skylight of a neighboring building. Oh, my God. How terrifying would that be? Can you imagine looking up and being like, oh, well, that's not okay. There's a body. (laughs) That's not okay. That's not normal. Another death that occurred at the Cecil happened in March 1937. To this day, authorities don't know if it was a suicide or an accident. Ooh. In this case, Los Angeles resident, 25-year-old Grace Magro, either fell or jumped from a ninth, ninth story window. Ooh. Couldn't find a picture of her either, but I found another newspaper clipping. It says Magro paper. And oh, yeah. that headline just says, Woman Takes Death Plunge. Victim crushed in nine-story drop at downtown hotel. Yep. So there's crushed. that. Yeah. Wow. It was not a clean descent, however. Oh. And Magro got caught up in telephone wires on the way down, which ended up wrapped around her when she hit the ground. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. According to the Los Angeles Times, her companion, said to be M.W. Madison, a 26-year-old sailor on the USS Virginia, hey. was asleep in the room at the time and therefore gave no information as to how Grace ended up falling from the window. Mm-hmm. That sounds a little sus to me. A little bit. She was transported to the hospital where she soon died. Okay. So the impact did not kill her. She died at the hospital. Wow. The next few decades only saw more violent deaths. In September 1944, 
19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell awoke in the middle of the night with stomach pains while she was staying at the Cecil with Ben Levine, 38, her lover. So, I have a picture of Dorothy Jean Purcell. Okay. That's the only one I could find. (laughs) Is she laying in the bed at the Cecil? She's laying in a hospital bed. Oh. Don't read the bottom part yet. Oh. (laughs) Okay. She went to the bathroom so as not to disturb Ben, and to her complete shock, gave birth to a baby boy. Oh, my God. She had no idea she'd been pregnant. Oh, my God. Mistakenly thinking her newborn was dead, Purcell threw her live baby out the window and onto the roof of the building next door. Oh, my God. At her trial, she was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity, Uh and she was admitted to a hospital for psychiatric treatment. Oh, okay. First. Oh, God. How in the actual do you not know you're pregnant? I don't understand. I don't understand it either, but I actually do know one person that that has happened to. How do you not know? I don't know because I was big as fuck. Even if, okay, I know that um, it's somewhat of an anomaly, but some women don't really gain weight. Right. I know that that's a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But don't you feel it moving? That's what I don't understand. When When it's kicking you, what do you think that is? You think you just got gas. It kind of feels like that. Um, I have seen videos of, I have never been pregnant, but I've seen videos of pregnant women filming their stomach and you can, and you can see, see, yeah, you can foot. see like a foot. Yes, yes, yes. You can see a you foot. Can see you can your see your stomach rolling around. Mm-hmm. The fuck you think that is? I don't understand. I really don't know. There's got to be something with the placement of their uterus, maybe, or I haven't researched into that, but. That's weird to oh me. Oh, my God. Maybe I think, we should do a case about that. I think they just don't want to tell nobody. I don't know. Because like, how do you not know? Your body does some weird shit when you're pregnant. How do you not know? I don't know. And the girl that I know, like, she's tiny. And she just thought she had some kind of stomach issue. And it turns out she was, like, six months pregnant. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Insane. At least she wasn't, you know, giving birth on the bathroom right. floor. Yeah. <laughs> I bet, I mean, she was having contractions and stuff, so maybe they're just, I don't know, I've heard of women going full term. So I was going to say, maybe they're just all premature, but no. That's cray. Cray cray. Cray cray. If this anomaly has happened to you. My belly was sure poking out. If this anomaly has happened to you, please inform me. How does that happen? I don't understand. I just want to know how's it happened. Yeah. If it happened to you, tell me. You can DM me. Yeah, we won't judge. We just want to know. I like, need there's to no know. Ju- yeah. I don't get it. Okay. So, yeah, but this bitch was crazy and threw her baby out the window. And so she is, went to a psychiatric hospital. Mm. And then Miss Helen Gurney, age 50, died by suicide in 1954. Ooh. Followed by 50-year-old actress Julia Moore. Both of them leapt to their deaths. Damn. I tried to find pictures, especially of Julia Moore, because yeah. it said she was an actress. And I shit you not, the first, like, eight pages, and I didn't go any further than that, was pictures of Julianne Moore. Oh. So. Yeah. I can see that. We'll never know. We'll never know what Julia Moore looks like. In 1962, 65-year-old George Gianni was walking by the Cecil with his hands in his pockets when he was struck to death <laughs> by a falling <laughs> woman yeah yeah <laughs> that one i've heard about pause for a moment 
he's, he's probably whistling, just, you know, walking. Like, oh, my God. Beware of falling bodies. Yes, they should have a sign out there. <laughs> There's been enough so far. This has become such an issue. It is definitely an that issue. That should be a warning sign on the outside of this building. <laughs> they should have a street sign. <laughs> Beware of falling bodies. Body crossing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But you know, like when you're driving through the mountains and stuff, you'll see stuff that says beware of falling rock because yeah. every now and then one of them comes loose. Right. Well, every now and then one of them <laughs> bitches comes loose <laughs> and bodies are falling. One of them bitches comes loose. Okay. I love your rationalization there. Shame on me. I'm not trying to be insensitive. No, but... It- but I'm, y'all, it, it really has poor happened. George would still be here had there been a warning sign. Damn it, Pauline! He could have crossed the street. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, now that Amanda has said her name, oh, shit, let's sorry. go forward. <laughs> Pauline Otten, twenty-seven, jumped from her ninth-floor window after an argument with her estranged husband Dewey. Mm. Her fall killed both her and Gianni instantly. Jesus. Don't have pictures of them either, but I got another clipping. That's okay. And I'll allow it. <laughs> this headline says, Suicide Kills Man. <laughs> that That's does it. not, it, it does, that is not descriptive. No. It should have said, you know, like, <laughs> man pummeled by falling body. <laughs> not just suicide kills this, man. Yes, this looks like a man completed suicide. Right. That is not a very descriptive headline, and I'm upset about it. Poor guy. Poor George. Poor George. Okay. Hmm. Police initially thought that the two had completed suicide together, but reconsidered <laughs> when they found Gianni was still wearing his shoes. Yeah. If he had jumped, his shoes would have fallen off mid-flight. Oh, really? Mm-mm. People that, that jump to their death lose their shoes. I never thought about that. It's the force. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes total sense, but I've just never... They ain't got no glasses on either. That I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. In light of the suicides, mishaps, and murders, the hotel was promptly dubbed the most haunted hotel in Los Angeles. While sure. tragedies and suicide have contributed heavily to the hotel's body count, the Cecil Hotel has also served as a temporary home for some of the grisliest murderers in American history. Yeah. In the mid-1980s, Richard Ramirez, murderer of 13 people and better known as the Night Stalker. You might remember him. Maybe. (laughs) Lived in a room on the top floor of the hotel during much of his horrific killing spree. Just in case you forgot what he looks like, Uh. go to the notes. It's a little hard to forget his creepy ass face. I know. And look at this picture of Richard Ramirez. With his pentagram on his hand. Mm-hmm. There you go. Don't worry. I don't think he's cute. Good. He's he's not one I, of my... Good. No. Because that one's gross. I mean, they're all gross to me. Yeah, but he's like... Ooh, no. No, 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 no. But he did have a following. Yes. A large following. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's them teeth for me, though, for real. Oh, yeah. Y'all just wait till he smiles. Uh, I purposefully did not choose a picture where he was showing his teeth. Okay. After killing someone, he would throw his bloody clothes into the Cecil Hotel's dumpster <laughs> and saunter into the hotel lobby, either completely naked or only in underwear. <laughs> um, 
And I have a quote here from journalist Josh Dean. Quote, none of which would have raised an eyebrow since the Cecil in the 1980s was total unmitigated chaos. End quote. At the time, Ramirez was able to stay there for a mere $14 per night. Wow. And with corpses of junkies reportedly often found in the alleys near the hotel and sometimes even in the hallways, Ramirez's blood-soaked lifestyle was surely looked over. That is fucking insane. Yeah, like who's going to notice some bloody clothes in the dumpster when there's, you know, a, a naked dead man. junkie hanging out, <laughs> hanging out of the other side of the dumpster? You know, like, I'm sorry, but if somebody walked in in just their underwear or naked, I'd be like, um, but this, sir, this is a place where people were staying for $14 a night. Right. And they just, just to do their drugs and went about their business and fondle their, you know, their Johns. care about naked men walking that's through the lobby. That's true. That's true. That was the least of their issues. They didn't get paid enough for that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> In 1991, Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger Underwearer. Underwearer. <laughs> <No>, sorry. <laughs> who strangled sex workers with their own bras also called the hotel home. I have a picture of him. It's messed up. With your own brazier. Another reason why hate to wear the most. Another reason why we shouldn't wear bras. Oh, I agree. We don't want to get strangled. That and pantyhose. If the girls would stay at attention, I wouldn't wear one. Oh yeah, they ain't staying at attention anymore. Gravity is not kind. No, it's not. Fuck gravity. Okay. Okay. In the meantime, let's go look at this picture of Jack underwear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is. Okay. He kind of looks like a, the like typical soccer dad. I don't... Kind of. It's a little creepy. A little bit. So, his American killing spree reportedly began after he traveled to Los Angeles to write about sex work and crime for an Austrian magazine. Good cover-up, bruh. Right? Rumor has it that he chose the hotel because of its connection to Ramirez. (laughs) Because the area around the Cecil Hotel was popular with sex workers, Unterweger stalked the area time and again in search of victims. (sighs) Gross. One sex worker he is believed to have killed vanished right down the street from the hotel while underwear, even claimed to have (laughs) dated the hotel's receptionist. What? Yeah. He was later apprehended in Miami after fleeing law enforcement in both Europe and the United States. He got pretty far. Yeah. He was trucking. Yeah, he was. In 1994, he completed suicide in an Austrian prison after being found guilty of nine murders, including the three in Los Angeles. What so, a chicken shit. Another one for the douche box, really. Yep. And while some episodes of violence in and around the Cecil Hotel are attributable. <laughs> Nicely done, That's ma'am. such a big word. It is. Attributable. To known serial killers, some murders have remained unsolved. Mm-hmm. To pick one of many, a local woman known around the area named Goldie Osgood yeah. was found dead in her ransacked room at the Cecil. And I have a picture of dear sweet Goldie. In a sentence that I must have cut out and didn't realize I did. She was um she was a retiree on a fixed income. That's why she was living at the Cecil. Aww. Yeah. She's a sweet little grandma that makes cookies. Yeah. Sweet mama. 
She uh, she had been raped before suffering a fatal stabbing and beating. Oh. Osgood was known throughout the neighborhood for feeding the pigeons at Pershing Square nearby, <gasps> which is how she earned her nickname Pigeon Goldie. Oh my gosh, like the pigeon lady in Home Alone. Yeah. Two? Two. Lost in New York. Okay. Though one suspect was found walking with blood-stained clothing nearby, he was later cleared and her killer was never convicted. The f- what? What? I don't. No. Literally caught red-handed. Apparently, people wander around Los Angeles in blood-soaked clothes or underwear. Los Angeles, what the hell are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? What is going on over there? Okay. There's no way to know. (laughs) Another grimly noteworthy guest of the hotel was Elizabeth Short. Hey! Who came to be known as the Black Dahlia after her 1947 murder in Los Angeles. Yeah. So just in case you forgot what she looked like... Brittany did a case on her. Uh-huh. Go back and listen to that. She's so beautiful. I know. That's why I was like, let me just refresh everyone's yes. memory. Here's a gorgeous picture of Elizabeth Short. Oh, poor baby. Okay. She reportedly stayed at the hotel just before her mutilation, which remains unsolved. What connection her death may have had to the Cecil is not known, but what is known is that she was found on a street not far away on the morning of January 15th, with her mouth carved ear to ear and her body cut in two. Mm-hmm. The stories of violence are not simply a thing of the past. One of the most mysterious deaths ever to take place at the Cecil Hotel happened as recently as 2013. Yeah. The hotel has changed ownership and even name throughout the years. In 2007, new owners bought it for $26 million and renamed it Stay On Main. So, $26 million? Mm-hmm. I do wow. have a picture of what it looked like as the stay on Maine. So yeah. So, if you want to go look at that. Yeah, they tried to modernize it. Mm-hmm. Okay. stay on Maine. Yeah. Still looks like the Cecil to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can't see the word fuck anymore. <laughs> the gone. tree's in the way. It's gone. <laughs> they stayed in business for years, but got rid of the partially newly refurbished... That's lots of lease. Partially newly... <laughs> for years, got rid of the... Partially newly refurbished hotel in 2014 when the building was sold to Hotelier uh-huh. <laughs> Richard Bourne for $30 million. All right. The infamous hotel has been closed since 2017 when renovation works worth $100 million began on the building. Ooh. So in 2017, they closed it down, spent $100 million to start renovating. Yeah. In the same year, the Cecil Hotel was awarded Historic Cultural Monument status by the Los Angeles City Council. The historic building has now reopened as an affordable housing complex in a new partnership between owner Richard Bourne and the Skid Row Housing Trust. Yeah. The hotel's now 600 rooms have been turned into occupancy units served by shared kitchen areas, a laundry facility, and a recreational area, which is located on the roof. Ha 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 uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not going up there. Nope. <laughs> the project is aiming to address surging homelessness in Los Angeles's Skid Row. Okay, I like that. But only time will tell whether this positive rebranding will be able to alter the grisly reputation of the infamous hotel. It's a grand opening of the world-famous Cecil Hotel here on Main Street. I don't want to stay there. I want to go there. I want to go there, but I, we, I don't, this is not one of the places I want to stay in overnight, okay? I want to go there. Yes. But absolutely. I wouldn't spend the night. I wouldn't spend the night. Ah. 
It's good to know the Cecil Hotel is finally home to something other than the ghosts that many curious observers have witnessed peeking out its windows. <laughs> I bet there are thousands of ghosts. Yeah. Try to find a story about one. Seriously? Seriously. No. You're about to get all I found. Okay. Many believe that the hotel is a hotbed for paranormal activity given the numbers of suicides, murders, and accidental deaths that have occurred there over the years. Okay, yeah. Some guests who have stayed overnight at the hotel have claimed to encounter apparitions and shadow figures. Some of these have even been photographed. Perhaps most disturbing are those which have been snapped departing the building via the upper floor windows. So I tried to find pictures. I couldn't. What? I know. And... There were, like, a couple that I found, but it was not a real, like... You could tell. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm not going to share that shit. That's a little disappointing. I know. I was upset, because I was hoping... I was excited to have um, some paranormal thrown in the mix. Hell yeah. it's been a while since we've done that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have much to contribute, (laughs) and it made me sad. Uh, Baby Boo, you're contributing a lot. Not of the ghosties. I know. But here's a little bit more. I got a little bit more. At least she found something. In an episode of Ghost Adventures, they took a closer <laughs> look at the Cecil's disturbing past. Let's look at a picture of the Ghost Adventures crew at the Cecil. Yes, let's. <laughs> <laughs> this was apparently during COVID because we're all donning masks. In our signature black clothing. Uh-huh. Staring pensively off into the distance. <laughs> Great photo. Oh, my gosh. I can't with them. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. During the episode, a group of paranormal investigators explore the Cecil, including the room where Ramirez reportedly stayed. As they delve further into the Cecil's tragic history, the crew came to believe that the Cecil is filled with paranormal activity, leading to unusual audio and video recordings. Okay. All I found was, like, a couple YouTube things um, that we can share on Facebook. Okay. They also investigate whether or not Ramirez, who was reportedly a Satanist, may have caused a demonic infestation at the hotel. (laughs) It sounds like it was present before him. I'm just going to say. Yeah, this has been happening a while, friends. (laughs) The investigators conclude that the dark energy of the Cecil's past has continued to spread throughout the hotel, which I don't doubt. Yeah, not at all. There's been a lot of tragedy there. That's bound to leave some sort of spiritual mark. Uh Uh-huh. So. (laughs) I'm going to say any more than five. Yeah. Yeah, that's a definite. And there's way more than five. Oh, yeah. And uh, this paragraph I'm extremely excited about because this is like one of my favorite seasons. Sorry, I just read it. The fifth season of the hit series American Horror Story, which had the subtitle Hotel. Yes. Premiered in 2015 and starred Queen Lady Gaga, Mm -hmm. Sarah Paulson, another queen. Yes. Kathy Bates, again. Yep. Evan Peters and Angela Bassett. Hello. (laughs) So I have a picture of like the poster for that. Yeah. Now y'all have to go back and rewatch that episode. Uh, yeah, because it's fucking phenomenal. If you didn't know it was the Cecil. Yeah. Now you do. Yeah, they based it on the Cecil. Oh, yes. Um, it took place at the fictional Hotel Cortez, but it was obviously based on the Cecil Hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, their set looks like the fucking Cecil Hotel. It does. Yeah. While the show focuses on two bloodthirsty vampires and the demonic ghosts who call the Cortez home, 
Suicides, drug overdoses, and murders are also incorporated into the plot. A clear reference to the real-life tragedies at the Cecil Hotel. Mm Mm-hmm. The season dives into the hotel's mysterious past and the guests that have, for various reasons, never checked out. While there are some people that are still actually alive inside, the majority of the characters had already met their end. This is put on full display in the episode Devil's Night when a dinner is hosted for a variety of American serial killers. Yeah. Some that appear at the dinner are John Wayne Gacy, Eileen Warnos, Jeffrey Dahmer, the Zodiac Killer, and the Cecil's own former resident, Richard Ramirez. Yes. So, um, my last little tidbit is I found a little listicle. Listicle. <laughs> That's cute. Um, of the most haunted ha- areas, the reportedly most haunted areas of the Cecil Hotel. So here they are. Okay. Uh, the 14th floor, which was where Richard Ramirez stayed. The ninth floor, where Pauline Otto jumped from her hotel window. And the seventh floor, where Goldie Osgood's unsolved murder took place. Fuck yeah. So, three floors at least that we have to explore. And the phenomenal lobby. Yeah, definitely going to the 14th. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, in the night. Okay, all of them. All of them. We're just going to go to all the floors. All of them. Love it. But that's my case. Well done, ma'am. Thank you very much. All right, so my half of it. So excited. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Is the most recent. You ready? Yeah. All right. Out of all of the strange occurrences at this hotel... There is one that stands out among the others, and I'm here to tell you all about it. Hooray. I am, of course, talking about the death of little Elisa Lamb. <sighs> you know. It's one of the most obsessively followed true crime cases of the century. This gruesome discovery is the latest chapter in a dark history for the Cecil Hotel. To this day, nobody knows exactly what happened. I know, it's another unsolved, I'm sorry, but it's definitely worth looking into, so stick with it. We know that the 21-year-old Canadian college student was last seen in the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles on January 31st, 2013, but the infamously chilling hotel surveillance video that captured the bizarre final moments before her disappearance, let alone the other details that have emerged since, have only elicited more questions than answered. Answers. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. Y'all get it. Ever since her body was discovered, the tragic demise has remained shrouded in mystery. (laughs) Let's go look at a picture of Elisa. Okay. Actually, I have two. She's so precious. I know. She smiles so big. I know. She's so cute, though. Um, And she's super cute in glasses. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She looks cute either way. I have uh, recently embraced. I don't wear glasses, but I started wearing these blue light glasses oh, yeah. at work. Y'all, I feel so stinking cute in those she glasses. She looks so stinking cute. We need to take a photo of you in those. <laughs> Since I stared at a computer screen all day, I was mm-hmm. getting headaches and stuff all the time. And so I bought these blue light glasses at Target. My four-year-old helped me pick them out. And I put them on, and I'm like, I feel smart and cute in these. Y'all, she showed up with them at work, and I was like, girl, <laughs> you look really cute in those. Got some sexy librarian vibes. Mm-hmm. What else? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Faux show. Faux show. Pulling it off really well. <laughs> I don't look that great in glasses. 
So, Elisa, the daughter of immigrants from Hong Kong, was a student at the University of British Columbia. In mid-2010, she began a blog named Etherfields, Etherfields, I, I don't know, on Blogspot. Don't know what that is either. Mm-mm. She posted pictures of models and fashionable clothing and accounts of her life, particularly her struggle with mental illness. In a January 2012 blog post, she lamented that a relapse at the start of the current school term had forced her to drop several classes, leaving her feeling so utterly directionless and lost. I feel you, Queen. Our day. Mm-hmm. Um, a little over two years after that, after she started blogging, she announced that she would be abandoning her blog for another that she started on Tumblr. Okay. Called Nouvelle Nouveau. Fancy. I was like, okay, what does that mean? So mm-hmm. I had to Google it. Literally, Nouvelle means new, feminine, and Nouveau means new and masculine. Nouvelles are news. Une Nouvelle is a specific piece of news. It's content. Mostly consisted of fashion photos, quotes, and a few posts in her own words. There's a quote she used in her bio by Chuck Palahniuk. Uh, he wrote the Fight Club. Just FYI. Mm-hmm. Love Fight Club. Right? I was like, who? Oh, Love, I should have known that. Brad Pitt and Fight Club. <laughs> Jesus. Just saying. I mean, if you don't like that movie, just go watch it for him. Just have it on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, the quote says... You're always haunted by the by the idea that you're wasting your life. Sad. Mm-hmm. It's True. still up. Her the Tumblr account is still up. Okay. If you want to go look at it. All right. She had been diagnosed with bipolar and depression. She had been prescribed several medications for her mental health issues. Six different prescriptions that seems a bit excessive <sighs> they had the names of all of them and i'm like i can't pronounce all that well well butrin see i can't even say that well butrin was one of them um there was a couple others i was like i i can't do that that so, just that seems excessive six yeah that's a lot mm-hmm. you would think that they would counteract each other so i don't think that's a good idea we're not doctors we're not doctors but <clears throat> it is what it is According to her family, who reportedly kept her mental illness private. Oh, that's so harmful. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They said that she had no history of suicidal thoughts or attempts, although one report claimed that she had previously gone missing for a brief period. Um, Can I interject something real quick? Yep. How would you know mm-hmm. if she had suicidal thoughts? Thank you. I would venture to say most people with some form of depression have had a suicidal thought. At one point or another. At least They one. may not act on it. Right. But they have them. Sure. They have them and they don't tell anybody about them. Yeah. Because even if they think, oh, I would never do that. They still, I've even done it. But you don't talk I, about but it. But I never said it because I would never do it. But it was still a thought. Mm-hmm. So. So shame on you, them for saying that because you don't know. Mm-mm. She had a history of not taking her bipolar medications and, as a result, on several occasions, suffered hallucinations that would cause her to hide under her bed for refuge. And she was also hospitalized at least once for one of these episodes. Medication is scary. And if it you don't take scary. it like you're supposed to, it does weird things to your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for her trip to California... Which, why they allowed her to go by herself, be I damned. don't know. I'd be like, hell no, you not. N- you no, ma'am. You have to have a buddy. Buddy system always. She had a sister. Take your sister. Mm-hmm. I- sister, 
friend, somebody, classmate. You I don't, don't care. Go by yourself to a different country. Mm-mm. Come on, people. Mm-mm. Canada is way different than Los Angeles. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So for her trip to California, she traveled alone on Amtrak and inner city buses. She visited the San Diego Zoo and posted photos there on social media. On January 26th, she arrived in Los Angeles. After two days, she checked into the Cecil Hotel near downtown Skid Row. Mm-hmm. She was initially assigned a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor. Um, gross. Yeah. Uh, no. no. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't share. It's hard rent. to share a room with people you like. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in a hotel room with one bathroom. Uh, no, thank you, please. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, I'm, I'm way too private of a person mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> However, her roommates complained about what the hotel's lawyer would later describe as certain odd behavior. And she was moved into a room of her own after two days. According to Amy Price, the manager of the Cecil Hotel and the Seon Maine at the time of her disappearance. Okay, side note, mm-hmm. if you don't know who Amy Price is. Just go watch the documentary on Netflix. This woman is in love with this hotel. Okay, that was her baby. Okay. She is, I haven't watched it yet. I need to. You need to watch it. She's, <laughs> she's so proud of it. <laughs> so proud of it. All right. <laughs> so, Elisa was leaving notes for her roommates that said, go home and go away. Like little post-its. Well, maybe they sucked. Maybe, but she locked the door to the room and require a password for entry. <laughs> Ashton does that to me. <laughs> Mom, what's the password? I don't even think he knows the password. Right? <laughs> it takes me, usually on the third try, he's like, that's it. Sure, Mom. That Yeah. <laughs> Iguana. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but... Uh, a few days before her disappearance, she attended a live taping of Conan. Okay. Yeah. Because that's what I would do if I went to Los Angeles. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but she was escorted off the premises by security due to disruptive behavior. So, hmm. yeah, 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 I'll see. There's, you know, something going on. There's a pattern. She contacted her parents in British Columbia daily while traveling up to, until the day that she disappeared. January 31st, 2013. The day she was scheduled to check out and leave for Santa Cruz. Sure. Mm-hmm. Santa Cruz is really pretty. So I wouldn't know. I've never been to California. It's beautiful. The weather's always perfect. I've been there one time. I never had a bad hair day. It was always perfect. See, that happens for me in Colorado, too. It's kind of the same. They have no humidity. It was great. I was on the beach in November. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Her parents did not hear from her that day, and which was totally out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they called the Los Angeles Police Department, LAPD. Her family flew to Los Angeles to help with the search. Okay. Like, <laughs> not in Breckenridge, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are <laughs> on it. <laughs> Hotel staff who saw her that day said that she was alone. The night of her disappearance, hotel staff reported that they saw her in an area of the hotel where guests weren't normally allowed and asked her to leave, and she headed off towards the elevators. Outside the hotel, Katie Orphan, manager of The Last Bookstore, 
recalled seeing her that day. She was outgoing, very lively, very friendly, while getting gifts to take home to her family. She was talking about what books she was getting and whether or not um, what she was getting would be too heavy to carry around as she traveled. It seemed like she had plans to return home, plans to give things to her family members and reconnect with them. So it's not like she was just disappearing on her own. Mm -hmm. At least 18 detectives were working hard to find her from the very beginning. Police searched through the hotel to the extent at which they legally could. Mm -hmm. They searched her room and had dogs go through the building, including the rooftop, but the dogs were unsuccessful in detecting her scent. But we didn't search every room, Sergeant Rudy Lopez said later. We could only do that if we had probable cause. You know, only if they had reason to believe a crime had been committed. Mm -hmm. On February 6th, a week later after she had been last seen, the LAPD decided more help was needed. Flyers with her image were posted in the neighborhood and online. It brought the case to the public's attention through the media. (laughs) Speaking of media, (laughs) police soon released surveillance footage taken from the cameras at the Cecil Hotel on their website. This is where things took a turn into the truly bizarre. The hotel video showed Elisa in one of its elevators on the date of her disappearance acting rather strangely. In the pixelated footage, she can be seen stepping into the elevator and pushing all the floor buttons. She steps in and out of the elevator, poking her head out sideways towards the hotel hallways in between. And then she peers out of the elevator a few times before stepping out of the elevator entirely and completely disappearing. Like she's sticking her hands out and waving them around. I'll post Mm -hmm. the video. It's I've seen the video. You've seen the video. Okay, good. It's really weird. Super weird. The last minutes of the video show her standing by the left side of the door, moving her hands in random gestures. Nobody else was captured on the video except her. Um, I do have stills of the video if you want to go take a look just real quick. Okay. You can't really tell from these photos that she's doing anything weird, but you can see her pushing the buttons and she's, you know, like standing in the corner like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. She's hiding. Yeah. And then okay. she steps out and steps back, steps back in. It's like, girl, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. And there's all kind of conspiracies about that one too. Public reaction to the inexplicable video crossed all the way to Canada and China, where her family is originally from. The four-minute video of her strange behavior in the elevator episode has amassed tens of millions of views. And, oh, my God, have the web sleuths had a field day with this one. Was it ghosts? Was she playing the um, elevator game? Do you know what the elevator game is? Just from this. Okay. I had never heard of it before well, this. Well, we're about to uh, go over what the elevator game is. Okay. Uh, I want to know if any of our listeners have tried this thing. I don't have the guts to do it. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> at all. Gonna. Supposedly, if you go into this, like, it'll it'll open up doors to the underworld or a, a, Why would you a different realm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to post a photo because uh, there's a lot of steps involved and it's a lot of going up and down and all that. But um, like you you enter in the elevator on your own and you go to the fourth floor and then you go to the sixth floor or the second floor. I don't know. It, it's a whole uh, ordeal. But at the end, you're supposed to see this young woman, but don't look at her. Don't speak to her. Then how do you know she's there if you can't look at her? 
don't don't make eye contact is what i'm assuming <laughs> i don't know it's like just kind of glance at her feet i don't, <laughs> I don't know what kind of shoes you got on uh yeah that was that was kind of my question the first time i heard it too so anyways we'll post the rules for that on february 19th two weeks after the video was published by authorities maintenance worker santiago lopez found elisa's body floating in one of the hotel water tanks gross gross lopez made the discovery after responding to complaints from hotel patrons about low water pressure and a weird taste coming Uh. from the tap water put two and two together you get a whole building full of people that had been drinking and bathing in her decomposition Uh. shit's nasty oh that's nasty (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah oh god Lopez said that he took the elevator to the 15th floor of the hotel before walking up the staircase to the roof. Then he had to first turn off the rooftop alarm and climb up to the platform where the hotel's four water tanks were located. Finally, he had to climb up another ladder to get to the top of the main tank. Only after all that did he notice something unusual. I noticed the hatch to the main water tank was open and looked inside and saw an Asian woman lying face up in the water approximately 12 inches from the top of the tank. His testimony suggested that it would have been difficult for her to make it to the top of the water tank on her own, at least without anyone noticing. Okay. I got some photos of the water tanks. Uh, Water tank one shows all of them. Okay. Okay. And the little, you know, the door where she would have come out and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then water tank two is a close-up image of the little opening that she would have had to have gone through. That's like the hardest water tank to get to, too. It's really hard to get to. And the lid of it on its own weighed like, what, 20, 30 pounds? And she was pretty tiny. So they're kind of like, how would she have lifted this? But after going to the gym, I must say 20 to 30 pounds really isn't shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's I'm, about I'm how joking. much your ego weighs. 20 to 30 pounds. <laughs> I'm joking because I have little baby arms <laughs> and I can't do anything. But if that was, I was super cute. There was a hair twirl as she <laughs> yeah. was saying that. But I mean, if I was putting my back into it. You can do it back into it if i really wanted to get into it i could probably do it (laughs) (laughs) the hotel's chief engineer pedro tovar also made it clear that it would be difficult for anyone to access the rooftop where the hotel water tanks were located without triggering the alarms only hotel employees would be able to deactivate the alarm properly if it was triggered the hotel sound of the alarm would reach the front desk as well as the entire top two floors of the hotel But some of the hotel staff later reported that the alarm was not always active because they would go up there on smoke breaks and such. Okay. Okay. They were smoking reefer on the roof. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. According to a statement by the chief of the Los Angeles Fire Department, the tank in which Lamb's body was found had to be drained completely and then cut open from the side to remove her five foot four frame. So they couldn't bring her back up through the hole she went down in? Mm-mm, because she had been in water for a couple weeks. Oh, and yeah. She was... She, was mm-hmm. she had expanded. She had expanded and uh, was sloughing off when they uh, touched her. Uh, uh. Okay. You know how I feel about bodies in water. Uh-huh. They're gross. It's gross. 
Nobody knows how her corpse floating lifelessly next to the same clothes she wore in the surveillance video ended up in the hotel's water tank or who else may have been involved. Okay, her clothes weren't on. She was naked. She went skinny like her, dipping in her the water little tank. red hoodie. I, I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I have so many thoughts, but we're not even So many. We're, we're getting there. When the autopsy results for her case came out, it um, it only served to ignite more questions. The toxicology report confirmed that she had consumed a number of medical drugs, likely to be medication for her bipolar disorder, but there were no indications of alcohol or illegal substances in her body. So she had been taking her medicine. Kind of. Okay. Okay. After the toxicology report came out, sleuths began poring over any information they could find in hopes of solving the mystery behind the death of Lisa. For example, one summary was posted online by a Reddit sleuth with an obvious interest in medicine. The breakdown pointed out three key observations. Number one, she took at least one antidepressant that day, and she had taken her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer recently, but not that day. Okay. And she had not taken her antipsychotic recently. Okay. So she was taking her medications, but not the way she should have been. Okay. These conclusions. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Which is my next sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it is an important finding to note, um, given that the use of the antidepressants to treat bipolar disorder can risk inducing manic side effects if done without caution. Some sleuths have understandably latched onto this detail and suggested it was likely an explanation behind her strange behavior in the elevator. Okay. Which I get. But even if she had been suffering from mental health issues, how the f- did she end up dead and in the hotel's water tank? That's a great question. Yeah. The autopsy did not show any foul play from the evidence that was processed, but the coroner's office noted that they were unable to do a full examination because they could not examine the blood from her decomposing body. Um, her parents, David and Yenna, mm-hmm. filed a wrongful death suit against the Cecil Hotel several months after their daughter's death was uncovered. The Lambs attorney stated that the hotel had a duty to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to her and other hotel guests. The hotel fought back against the suit, filing a motion to dismiss it. The hotel's lawyer argued that the hotel had no reason to think that someone would be able to get into one of their water tanks. Mm-hmm. It was pretty hard to get to. Yeah, it especially that one. Yeah. That one um, was like back in the back corner it looked like right and you climbed up the ladder in between that tank and the other tank yeah now if it was one of the front ones it may have been a little easier to understand but yeah she had to go to the very back one and that wasn't Mm -hmm. easy to get to yeah so i don't know based on court statements from the hotel's maintenance staff the hotel's argument is not entirely far-fetched lopez the one that discovered her body described in detail how much effort he had to go to just to find her body. Like I said, he had to go through the alarm, you know, the alarm door and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they also speculated that she went through the fire escape on the 15th floor and then climbed that and got to the roof. But that, I don't know. I, Maybe, but I still feel like somebody would have noticed a small Asian girl crawling up the side of the building. Yeah. Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Howard. Palm, <laughs> like palm with a but palm with a ha. Maybach music. 
I don't remember what episode that was. Me either. (laughs) So he ruled that the death of Elisa was unforeseeable because it had happened in an area that guests were not allowed to access. So the lawsuit was dismissed. Mm -hmm. I kind of get that, though. I do. I get it. Because there was nobody there to see it. So there's no way to prove if it was or wasn't. I kind of understand them trying to somehow get some sort of closure or, you know, validation or whatever. But it's not the hotel's fault. No, it's not. Although the coroner's office ruled that her death was an accidental drowning, the strange details of her case have fueled rampant speculation about what may have really happened. Internet sleuths have come up with a myriad of theories, Jesus have they, Mm -hmm. about the tragedy involving everything from murder conspiracies to evil spirits. But when it comes to the disturbing death of Elisa Lamb, where does the truth lie? Ooh, Don't know. Nobody knows. Do you want to speculate? Okay. What do I think would make a great story or what do I think actually happened? Both. Let's do both. Okay. I think someone killed her and put her in that water tank. Yeah. I think it may have been a hotel staff member. Yep. I think because of her odd behavior during her stay, Mm -hmm. she had some sort of confrontation with somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened Mm -hmm. because of the alarm system and the knowledge of the water tank or whatever. Yeah. I think somebody that worked there killed her and put her in the water tank thinking that it would be much more, much longer than, you know, however many days it took two weeks to find her. Yeah. Thinking that she would be long gone and that because her family was out of the country, it would just sort of go away. Right. What would be an interesting story mm-hmm. would be the ghosties. Yeah. About her being terrorized by the ghosties. Maybe it was that woman that you're not supposed to look at. Maybe she looked at the bitch. Maybe she did. Maybe she spoke to her. Maybe she liked her shoes. And then that just started to like, girl, where'd you get them? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't like the elevator game thing with all the ghosts and right. evil happenings within the hotel. Yeah. I mean, you never know. That could be true. Probably not. But it could be. I have two. I have two theories. Okay. Do you have a good one and a ridiculous one like me? Yeah. Okay. But it's it's not really one that can make a better story. But I, they're kind of the same thing. Okay. Number one, I believe it could be her mental state. Because they did say that she suffered from hallucinations the last time that she did that. Yeah. Um, she may have imagined somebody that wasn't there. That's what I think the elevator video yeah. actually is. But her death, I think it was somebody that worked there. Maybe she thought she was following someone into the water tank to go swimming and couldn't get back out. Maybe. Because the water level, when she went into it, it could have been higher but the water level fluctuates. Mm-hmm. So it may have gone down and she couldn't get back out. Okay. She may have taken off her clothes to lessen the weight of herself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe she was trying to climb out with them. I, I That part I don't know. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it was ghosts, but that may have been her hallucination. You never know. That could have been mm-hmm. real. And I also think that somebody could have taken advantage of her being on her with her mental state not being correct that are all there and uh 
put her in there because there was, they said there was no foul play, but she had been in there long enough where they wouldn't have been necessarily able to tell. Yeah. So, and I think I know who it was, but I can't, I'm not going to say that because that would be bad. So yeah, we'll just stick with hotel staff member that got fed up with her shit. Yeah. I like it. I mean, that sounds fucked up to say, but. Yeah. Like, this is a fascinating story to me. It really is. And I can't be the only person that has thought that. Yeah. Okay. So, ta-da! Ta-da! There's the Cecil. Wonderful job. I think you did a great job, too. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Pat ourselves on the back. We both legit did that. Yeah, we did. We just did that. We got pats. Why wouldn't you? Somebody's got to do it. You're right. We'll pat ourselves. I can't get a pat from anybody else. I'm going to do it myself. I just pat myself. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. Well. (laughs) Oh, we've got, I've got a story. Oh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's hope it's not as um, messed up as Thor was. Oh, yeah. Because I only halfway remember that story. So. There was, because there was no information and it did not coincide with the fact, like with the killings that he did. It and was, was so inc- much extra shit thrown in there. I was incredibly intoxicated. I don't know what Ooh, I was Oh, yeah, we were. I had to enlarge I, my font so I could read last week. <laughs> I just hope I pronounced things correctly. You got this. All right. So there's two stories on this day. I'm just going to read the first one. Okay. For April 6th. I'm going to read you Keith Hunter Jesperson. Okay. That is a name. He was born on April 6th of 1955. He's a Canadian-American serial killer who murdered at least eight women in the United States during the early 1990s. Okay. He was known as the Happy Face Killer. No! (gasps) Because he drew smiley faces on his many letters to the media and prosecutors. Oh, okay. Many of his victims were prostitutes and transients who had no connection to him. Strangulation was his preferred method of murdering, the same method he often used to kill animals as a child. Did he kill them with their own bras and pantyhoses? I, 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 don't I know, know the happy face killer, but I, know, I didn't know that was his name. Me either. But I should have. Jesperson. How do you yeah, forget I, that name? Yeah. I don't know, but that's all I know. That's all they told me. Okay. But yeah, happy face killer. Jesperson. Was born April 6th, 1955. This day in history. Douchebox. Douchebox for sure. All all the Roger Rabbit ones are going automatically in the douchebox. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Might as well just call that <laughs> segment the douchebox. The douchebox. Who's going in the douchebox today? Yeah, we might have to change it. Mm hmm. Okay. So we are officially done with episode 40. That's it. We made it. Looks like we made it. <laughs> <laughs> she's back to singing yay thank you it's cute every now and then i'll hear myself talking and i'm like okay i kind of sound normal again and then i'll laugh and then i'm like nope <laughs> i know it's like a squeak nothing comes out any ha noises don't come out correctly oh that's way better than two weeks ago though <laughs> or was it last week was that last week when we were saying last week you couldn't do ha that was last week. okay well you did ha this and week so ha that's so bad i don't understand because i don't like i'm not sick at all anymore Mm -mm. thank god i feel great 
I just can't talk. Dude, that took us like almost a month to get over. It was ridiculous. That was a bad cold. All right, guys. Happy oh. humping. Happy humping. Go look at all the socials. Do that. We got some big stuff coming. Like it's really, really about to come out. <laughs> We're really coming this time. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't faking it. We ain't faking it this time. <laughs> I can't. I just got embarrassed. You just and got they, embarrassed? Yeah, they can't even see us. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. Wow. Till next time. Please come back. Please come back. <laughs> Please come back next week. We need an episode 41, so y'all come back. Yeah. Y'all come back now. You yeah. here? <laughs> okay, for real though. Um, yeah, I'm signing out. Yeah, this is it. Okay, we're done. Bye, you guys. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagen for art. We'll talk at you next week.